Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. And uh, we're just excited for what God is doing. It's an exciting time to be alive, folks. And, and we, you know, we realize that as we, we go through things today that, that you know, I was, I was going over some things in preparation, and, 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 and it's one of those deals that you write stuff, you tear it up, you throw it away, you write stuff, you tear it up, you throw it away, and then the Lord just takes you back to something that you wrote four or five years ago and says, why don't you just do that? You know, I keep trying to help the Lord out, but he just doesn't seem to need my help. And so, <laughs> and so I'm just going to listen to him, amen? But this is a good season, folks. I know some of you think that it's not. I, I realize that. Because you're so caught up with what's happening in the news that you're not caught up with what's happening in the kingdom. And so when you get caught up with what's happening in the news, it's never good. Let me go over to this side. You know, we, we look at what the kingdom of God is, and it's where God's presence and power is released. That we can see God for who he really is, his character, his nature, and his being. And... Uh, we look at, you know, what we're celebrating. It's the Declaration of Independence. It's, you know, July 4th tomorrow, which we celebrate. I'm, I'm, I'm often fascinated when you talk to people, especially young people today, because we've gotten away from, from really instilling in people the, the incredible beauty and, 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 and power and strength of our nation. And you talk to them, you go, what's the Declaration of Independence? I heard, heard them there interviewing one young man, and he probably was about 18, 19 years old. And he says, well, it's so we can, we can all come together and, and have a holiday, and we can celebrate. And it's just great bringing all, all our friends and family together. I went, no, that's not what the Declaration of Independence is. It's celebrating what God has done in this nation of ours. And, and it's important that we begin to understand that. I, and I'm often fascinated, too, when you see things in the, that are spoken of. And, you know, they go, you know, it's 39%, only 39% of the people when they were surveyed say they're proud to be an American. But you, they didn't tell you what the question was. Are you proud to be American with the way things are going right now in the nation? See, you, you, you couch yourself. Because everybody I know that is American, they realize it's the greatest nation in the world. Come on, folks. I mean, we, we, we're, we're, not, we're not all perfect, but I'm going to tell you what. I'll line us up against any nation, anywhere, anytime. We live in an incredible country. And if you don't believe that, you just saw what happened on the platform today. I hope you saw all of the different ethnicity that was up here. I hope you look around this congregation and realize that there really doesn't have to be any problems if we just all love Jesus. Right. Amen. Because yeah. all of those things, inequity problems and things of that nature can be solved if we'll just be Christians. Amen. Just love God. Love God. As the Bible says to love your neighbors, you love yourself. Amen. But you got to first love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Amen. So I, I just believe that we have an opportunity as a church. I, I, I can't speak for people that are not in the kingdom of God, but as far as those that are in the kingdom, it's our greatest opportunity because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And I believe people are looking for answers like never before today. They're looking for the real. 
And, and they've been told for a number of years that, you know, that being a Christian or being spiritual or believing in a God or believing in Jesus is, you know, it, it's, it, it's not real and it's a crutch and it's only weak people that are Christians. And the only thing I find is it, you have to be pretty strong to be a Christian in today's society. Weak people cannot survive in the kingdom. That's the reason greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. And I think we're in a season that the church, if the church will only be the church, we can literally bring about change in the world like we have never seen before. I am excited over what God's doing in the kingdom of God. You know, we, we look at the Declaration of Independence as we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed with their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Preamble to the Declaration of Independence, Abraham Lincoln called it a rebuke and a stumbling block to tyranny or oppression. Someone said, "Well, we need to get away, get away from the from the Declaration of Independence. We we need to get away from our Constitution." We need, are you crazy? All you got to do is look at some other countries and tell me, tell me what's so good about it. And I'm not putting down other countries. I'm just telling you, we live in the greatest nation in the world. And we need to learn to celebrate it. And, and again, it doesn't matter whether we agree or disagree in, on certain items because we're going to always be that way. Again, just look around. Look at the way people are dressed. Everybody's dressed differently, aren't they? Look at all of the different hairdos. Or some of you don't have any hair at all. Come on, folks. Stay with me here. But we, we can't get caught up with these kind of things. The kingdom of God come, will of God be done. And I want to challenge you about this today because when we, when we leave here today and going into this, this weekend of celebrating the, our, our independence, understand that because we have a declaration of independence, it keeps us from tyranny. It keeps us from allowing social injustices to continue on. We didn't say they weren't there. We're just saying that if we truly understand what the Constitution of the United States says and understand our inalienable rights and understand that we all created equal in the eyes of God and that we all have to have freedom in this nation, we will deal with those problems. Now, I realize we might not deal with them as fast as some people would like, but, hey, we're a young country compared to most countries, folks. I mean, we're, we're, we're not even out of the toddler stage yet compared to most countries. You go over to Europe and you go to different nations around the world. But look at what God has done. And I really believe we have a great opportunity that lies ahead of us today. I believe that when we look at these things, that American compared to history is still young. She has her, her share of mistakes. We've talked about that. The idea that she is perfect would be wrong. But the thought that she is a failure is an injustice. Anybody who thinks this nation is a, is a failure, they absolutely have not any intellect when it comes to historical references. This is the most successful country and nation that we've ever seen in the world today, especially in modern day history. Think about it a moment. Everyone here has a right to be somebody. I can take you to places we go to in missions, trips, and things of that nature that those people are told they don't have a right to be anybody but who they tell them they're going to be. Thank God I don't have to stay where I'm at today. I can change for tomorrow. Come on, turn to someone and say, thank God for freedom. What separates America from the rest of the world is the ability, the willpower to confront and to correct failures. The founding fathers understood that we need the need for change. That's writing the Declaration of Independence. 
They understood the need to realize our failure and the will that would be needed to correct them. The journey's not been easy. Victories have, have not been without pain. But here we are today standing still as the beacon of light to the world, a nation of hope to all who call themselves Americans. By the way, if we're so bad, why are our borders being overrun by people trying to get into our nation? Think about that a moment. No, we're, we're not perfect. There, there's still changes that need to be are necessary. But thank God we're a living nation that gives us the right as citizens to make those changes, correct injustice, fulfill the dreams of our founding fathers. You say, what are you trying to say to us? Before I get into my, my scriptural thought for today, I want us to begin to thank some things together. Goes what we're getting into, and we've heard about it earlier today, and we're going to read the scripture. But the Bible says that if we are in the Word of God, if we continue in the Word of God, we'll know the truth, and the truth will make us free. We live in a nation that, that if we, we started out inalienable rights and truths, that through the years, we, because of people's wants and desires and the wickedness of man, we've even in this nation gotten away from those truths. And it's time we got back to what is the truth today. We have a lot of the mistruths that are before us today, and I, and I don't want to get into a, a lot of those things because this is not a political message today, but I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm about headed up to here with the Roe Wade thing. People just don't understand that they did not take away the rights of abortion, although I'm totally against, 100% against abortion. No ifs, ands, or buts. This church stands against abortion. But the Constitution, when as it was looked at, it said that the government, the federal government, doesn't have a right to institute that right. It goes to the states and the people, which are you, vote in the states as to whether you will do or not do that, which they put the rights back in the hands of the people, and they took it out of the hands of the politicians so that we, the people, can really rule and reign. And you say, why are you telling us that? Because that's one little truth that has divided our country because people are not walking in the truth. We're so caught up with wanting, as we said earlier, and we saw on the screen, of wanting to be accepted by society that we laid down our Christianity. We become a place of acceptance rather than a place of conviction. We've become a place that tolerates rather than says it will cease and we will not allow. It's a fascinating thing. The church is a, is a haven for people to run to. Those who had abortion, we're not angry at them. We're not mad at them. We're, we're not against them. We love them. We, we, we pray for them because there are people who've gone through things, that, untold things that we know nothing about. So we pray for those ladies who've gone through those situations. But I find it fascinating when we got to talk about a woman's rights when we've got somebody who can't even define a woman who's on the Supreme Court. Oh, don't get carried away with me now. I got to get back off the political side. Folks, you are who God created you to be. And you'll never be free until you accept the fact you are a male or female the way God created you. Accept what God has said. God has said you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God said, I knew you before the foundations of the war were laid. God said, I have a plan for you, and they're not bad, but they're good plans for you. Don't be something that the world tells you to be. Be what God's called you to be. 
And don't go around judging a lot of people. Stop the judgment. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's loved. Everybody's cared. Everybody's accepted in this house because this is a house of God. When we start living like Christians, we change the world. When we start living like the world, our Christianity changes. And they don't know what we are anymore. Christians are not against. Christians are the helping hand. Christians are there to pray, to support, to strengthen, to lift up and present the name of Jesus. Yes, to bring about conviction. Yes, to bring about uh, the presence of God, which causes people to turn from their wicked ways and turn back to the kingdom of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, I love that part, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ his Son. We've hung out on the first half of that first verse rather than going to the last verse, which says, but, but, but by God's grace, we're saved. Come on, turn to someone and say, thank God for God's grace and not your judgment. Say, so where are we going with this? I'm talking about freedom today. I'm talking about Christians walking free. I'm talking about us being who God called us to be and not being ashamed of being a Christian. Glory to God. I'm talking about no matter where you are or where you're going or where you're standing or where you're seated or whatever it may be, that you let the light of Christ shine through you because you're so free in God, nothing can alter who he is in your life. He says, John 8, 31 through 32, they, they, Jesus said to the Jews who believed on him, if you abide in my word and you are my disciples indeed, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. He says in Romans 8, 1 and 2, be not conformed, this world be transformed. Better renewing your mind. In other words, if I'm going to walk in freedom, I've got to think differently. I said, if I'm going to walk in freedom, I have to look at things from a different perspective. And that's real important. Because, to be honest with you, when I look at how the world is looking at things, we're in not good shape in the world system, even though the church is in great shape. Say, so, well, where are you going with this, Bishop? Stay with me on this. We're free because we're in the Word. The world's not free because they're confused. Said, so what do you mean the world's confused? Stay with me. We're in the 21st century, I believe. They tell us that information is happening so fast that we can't keep up with it. The minute we put it down, it's, it, it's already past it. So what you learn today is already old school tomorrow. We've got more inventions being coming out right now quicker than any time in the history of mankind. Isn't that awesome? Of course, we can't feed our people because there's a food shortage. We can't feed our babies because there's a formula shortage. We can't run our cars because we can't afford the gas. Oh, come on, stay with me, folks. That's, that's not political. This is humanity. Don't blame politics. This is humanity at its, at its best failing. But all the information they have, you know why? Because the information they have has not been submitted to the truth of the Word of God. Only when you submit what you know to the truth of the Word of God can you walk free. All things were created by Him in heaven and in earth. When God said, let there be, there was nothing that could be seen. But in the, in the, the realm of the spiritual world, God reached into the void of emptiness and He began to take His Word and begin to put into it exactly what He, what he wanted to create and how He wanted to create it. 
God has not forgotten how he put this thing together. We just need to let him use us as the puzzle pieces by which he can put it all back together again. See, we want to walk free, folks. Our nation, we want to have a free nation. But you can't have it trying to deal with the system. You've got to have it based upon the word of God. So we've got to renew our thinking. We've got to realize that all things are possible to those who believe. We have to realize that if God be for me, who can be against me? We have to realize that even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't need to fear evil because God is with me. I, I need to understand that he's never going to leave me or forsake me even in the most down, difficult moment of my life when everything seems to have fallen apart, when maybe my, my, my husband walked out or my wife walked out or, or I lost my job or maybe something horrible, maybe they gave you a, a death sentence like they gave my wife with cancer. In the middle of that storm, God gives you peace, that passive understanding. You know who your God is. Why? Because we are free. See, I'm not free based upon circumstances. I'm free based upon what I believe. And freedom comes from that belief system and who your God is. And God does not change, even though it might seem like it at times. He's not changed. Even though it may seem like he's forsaken you, but he hasn't forsaken you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God be for you. They can't stand against you, but just for a short time because they're going to have to flee in a lot of different directions. Why? Because God is for you. Amen. And God created you for success. He created you to walk in the blessings that he's ordained for man to have. He's called you to be a person of authority and walk in dominionship. We know this, freedom, the condition of being free from restraints. It's liberty of the person from slavery and oppression and incarceration. It free means you're not in prison. You're not enslaved. You're not controlled by the will of others. Freedom. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, no, freedom is going to cost you something. If we're going to walk in the freedom, it's going to cost us something. And that's difficult because I'll be honest with you, and, my, and, and this is through the years, things that I work at. I still work at it today. Because sometimes it's hard for me to die to self and let Christ live in me. Sometimes I just get upset. But the moment you allow the circumstance to pull you out of your peace, you're no longer free. It's going to cost you something, folks. You're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to learn to tear down imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ. You're going to have to learn to bring your body into subjection. You're going to have to learn to think on these things which are true and which are pure. We've got to learn that it's going to cost me something. And it's, it's important to know that. I love when people say, well, you know, by grace I'm saved, therefore everything's paid for, it costs me nothing. No, you got salvation because Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price that you couldn't pay. But once you got salvation, he says, by faith, the just shall live by faith, and faith without works is dead. You're going to have to do something. And that means we're going to have to move into place knowing that this can cost me time, talent, energy. Provision, finances, it costs me something. Freedom's going to cost you something. 
Just, you got to get over that. We live in a world that we're trying to give everybody something for free, but who's going to pay for it? I mean, I'm all for helping anybody I can, but know something. I had to do something. To, I had to earn it so I could give it. What we don't want to do is create people who feel like they're privileged and they no longer have a discipline of any kind in their life. I told my, my grandson, he's on, on Broadway, and y'all know that, and I've talked about him every week, and he, he, you know, I'm so glad that he got my talent. And <laughs> he danced, he sings, he acts, I can do none of the above. But I tell him, we were, we were in New York here last week. We were up there with him, and I, I said, I said, son, here's something, because God's given him great favor, and it's amazing the doors that are opening up to him. I, I, as time goes on, I'll, t- you know, I'll tell you the whole story eventually. But I sat him down, and I said, you understand something. Do not take this and think you are privileged. Don't you ever treat it without respect. You're blessed to be a blessing. Never, ever walk around acting like you're somebody because you're only who you are because God made you that way. Here's the uniqueness. And I, and I love to tell the story. You're in the, in the show at, at the Music Man on Broadway. And one of the dancers there, one of the little girl's shoe come untied, was coming off. And he takes and put, get, ties her shoe and puts it back on. He says, I didn't want her to be embarrassed. I said, now you've learned. Now you've learned to forget about yourself for a moment because you were concerned about you didn't want her to be embarrassed. Folks, we don't want the nation to be embarrassed. When are we willing to tie the shoes that have come untied in our nation? We don't want our nation to be embarrassed. And we as a church have got to take our place and we've got to start tying some shoes. We've got to start helping out. We've got to start caring about people. Amen. Number two, freedom will define your character. How you walk in freedom, it will define your character. How do you handle your freedom? I said, how do, just because you're free to do something, is that you just think I can do it anytime I want, anywhere I want? Just because I'm free to do something doesn't mean I should do it. <laughs> Stay with me, folks. It's going to define your character. How you handle your freedom will define your character. Number three, freedom will require accountability. Don't go talking all this stuff about how Jesus set you free and you're not walking in it. Nothing worse than to be around Christians who quote one thing and live another way. Come on, stay with me. Folks, you've got to know something. There's accountability when it comes to freedom. Number four, freedom demands responsibility. I treat, I treat it in a responsible fashion. I know how to use my freedom so that it glorifies God but also benefits others. Man, help us, Lord. Help us to understand the process. Freedom allows us to grow and learn from our failures as well as our victories. That's the thing about freedom is that freedom doesn't condemn you, but it allows you to grow and learn from your failures. Thank God we can get knocked down, but we can get back up. Amen. Thank God if we fail, we can confess he's faithful to just forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, that's freedom talking now. But you understand, freedom gives you that ability to be a failure and turn around and become an incredible success. 
Think about my dad with the four heart attacks. The five, the, uh, economically because of his sickness and my mom's cancer they had lost everything they lost a house it was foreclosed on they lost their car it was repossessed they they they, they didn't even have hard enough social security to live on they were living with me in a townhouse but thank god when my dad had an encounter with god and he said to god i never did this and god said no you're the elder brother you never asked in other words you never knew how to acknowledge your freedom and use it once my dad learned how to use the freedom that god gave him and access that look what god has done He's turned everything around. Why is that? Because when you're free, you can fail, get back up. Because failure does not define you. It only becomes a stepping stone. Independence, free from the influence and control of others. God help this nation to learn how to move in that dimension. Over uh, in the book of Judges, chapter 6, we find in verse 11 that the Gideon is sitting under a tree, and it's, it's amazing to me because he feels like he's, 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 a, not, he's not that big of a winner, and he's hiding out from the enemy, and he's threshing in the, in the, out some wheat. He's trying to do some things, and, and, and God comes to him and speaks to him. I said, God comes to him and speaks to him. And God says to him, he says, you know who you are? You're from the smallest tribe. You feel like you're, you're one of the youngest. You feel like you're a nobody. But let me tell you how I see you. You're a mighty man of power. Come on. How does God see you? Does he see you as a female? Do you see that you're getting older? Your life is passing you by. I'm there with you. Does he see you as someone who's served God for the last 35, 40 years of your life and, and your husband's gone and now here you are and what are you going to do? How, but does God see you as that? Does God see you as someone that was on the mountaintop that now is in the valley? And how, how does God look at you? See, God does not look at you based upon your circumstance. He looks at you based upon how he has created you. He doesn't look upon you based upon your gender. And that's why we've tried to make a gender such a big thing in our nation today. Because God doesn't see gender. You're neither male nor female, bond or slave in the kingdom of God. We're just the creation of God. But see, we've tried to make it an issue. Why? Because the world tries to pervert what God is saying. And so here's this man with a incredible mission that God has ordained before he was ever formed in his mother's womb and he's hiding out from the enemy and he's afraid and God says, well, wait, let me, let me, let me talk to you a minute. Let me talk to you about what you're going to do and, and how you're going to go forth and how you're going to, you are going to lead this nation into victory. Hmm. How did he do that? Number one, he gave him the truth. Truth does not always line up with circumstance. Truth is not always based upon history. Come on. Just because historically it recorded it doesn't mean that what happened historically was true. Didn't say it didn't happen. It just didn't represent the truth of the matter. Come on, stay with me this. I'm trying to move into a place right now. It's important. When we talk about the truth shall make you free. You need to get this right in your spirit. Only if you continue in my word will you know the truth. 
Truth is not defined by a moment, a circumstance. It's not defined by history. It's not defined by anything other than what God has spoken. And when you learn to get that truth in you, he says, if you continue in me and my word continues in you, then you can ask what you will. Well, I've been asking, if you continue in me, you know what that means? That means that when I've lost everything, I still declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what that means? When the doctor says you have a terminal illness, you're not going to make it. I'm healed of the Lord. You know what that means? When the enemy comes and steals everything you got and you wake up and everything is gone, you know this, that, he's got, that you realize it was the enemy. He's got to bring it back. He's got to multiply it over seven times. Truth. The truth of the matter is not my circumstance, my situation. The truth of the matter is not based upon my age. It's not based upon my gender. It's not based upon any of my education or my background. It's based, not based upon my, my, the color of my skin. It's, it's not based upon any government that, that I'm sitting in, no matter what country I'm in or, or who is in charge. It, my, that has nothing to do with my freedom. Truth is based upon every word that God has spoken. And God will give you streams in the middle of your desert. God will make a way where there is no way. You've got to get a hold of this thing so that because we're all going to find ourselves in a prayer line sometime. And when the enemy comes, you're going to have to stick up with your head up high, stick your chest out and say, I don't care. Here, by the way, you see what God said? This is what my God said. I don't know what you're saying to me, and I'm not saying the circumstances isn't real for the moment, but while I look not at that which is seen, that which is seen is temporal. I look at that which is not seen, which is what God has prepared for me, and it's eternal things, and I choose to walk in the eternal things than in the temporal things. Truth shall make you free. You know what I love about this too? I can't make myself free. Only the truth will make me free. We're all trying to do stuff, aren't we? Just let God's word guide you. Number two, purpose. Gideon was a loser till he discovered God's will for his life. And then all of a sudden he became a man of purpose. All of a sudden he became a mighty man of valor. All of a sudden, he became above and not below. He became the head and not the tail. All of a sudden, he became a ruler and not a follower. He stepped out of the depths of failure and loss and stepped into a place of supernatural victory. But why? Because he found his purpose. Folks, we've got to begin to seek after what God has created us to do. Someone said to me once, what has God created me to do? What do you like to do? What are you good with? What are the things that you that are really good that make you happy? I said, what makes you happy? It was crazy. I was watching this. Uh, of course, you know, you all know that I, I like watching America as talent. Goofy stuff, great stuff, all that. But I got fascinated. They had a guy come out there from Japan with a yo-yo. And Simon says, we've seen a lot of you guys. He says, Okay, go ahead. So anyway, he did all, you, you wouldn't believe the stuff he did along with lights and all this stuff, but, and they all voted to put him through. And Simon said, what got you in that? He said, I just love doing it. See, some of the small things you think are goofy that the world will tell you you're never going to make it with, if you just get excited about, you'd be surprised. It'll make a way for you. 
do what you like to do. Do what makes you happy. Praise God. I said you got to do what you like to do. Number three, once you discover your purpose, what is your desire? What is your desire? To be everything God created me to be. That's my desire. But what did he create me to be? What am I supposed to be? It's based upon what is my desire. My desire, it is the road that takes me to who I'm supposed to be. What are you passionate about? See, when we get passionate for the things of God, we get passionate about the kingdom of God, we get passionate about serving God, we get passionate about loving Jesus. I love it. Every Sunday we come in, we lift our hands, and we worship God, we get all spiritual, we weep, we cry as well. Oh, God, I love God. And on Monday I'm cussing out somebody because they made me so mad. I could just. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Listen, just follow your desire. Don't, 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 don't run from your desire. I like to fan the flames. If you like doing that, this is what we're going to do. My son Sean played baseball and uh, spent a lot of money. Tim, you know what we're talking about. Spent a ton of money. He'll never pay me back either, but I spent a ton of money. <laughs> may, may his son require so much from him. <laughs> Double honor. So you go through all this process and you're really excited about it and, you know, and, and he's doing well in his junior year in the school he's at here. It was a Christian school over here and he had a great year that year, and, you know, and he comes to me at the end of the year and he says, Dad, he says, I'm not playing baseball anymore. No, no, stop now. You know, we've got, we got like 15 years into this thing. I got thousands of dollars into this thing. You finally got to a place that you, you really are in a position that really I said, why don't you want to do it? He says, I don't have a desire to do it anymore. So I, I was, as a father, I had to deal with something here. I've got an investment in this. But I'm smart enough to know if I'm going to be free by the word of God, you should know the truth. The truth will make you free. The truth is if he doesn't desire to play baseball, no matter how good he is, it won't work. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to start working at the church. I want to start working in TV. I, I'd rather spend three hours a day at church than three hours on a ball field. Well, where is his desire taking him? Well, come January, he'll be the senior pastor of this church. And I will require him to pay me back for the rest of my life. Desire is a funny thing, folks. Quit raining on other people's parade. And by the way, quit allowing other people to rain on your parade. You want to walk in freedom? You better, you better know your desire and be, and be true with it. Okay? Number four, when you want to walk in freedom, you've got to understand that freedom provides possibilities to the impossible. I said it provides possibilities to the impossible. Well, what do we mean by that? 
It means by the fact that as we look at the world system today, it seems impossible that we can ever see peace in our nation again. But because I'm free, I can believe in the impossibility of God bringing a revival to the nation like we've never seen before. Lives changed, hearts turned, leaders saved. Back in the Korean conflict, there was a young man there by the name of Yungi Cho. He had tuberculosis. They lived in the ghetto. They were in abject poverty. It got so bad with the invasion and those things that took place that they that they stripped the bark off trees and would make and, and try to make some kind of soup or something out of it to drink the water. The trees had no bark. The nation was in trouble. Dr. Cho lived in a Yungi Cho lived in a ghetto with his family, barely eking by, barely having food to eat. And a missionary came and said to him, God's a good God. God loves you. And if you'll trust in Jesus, not only can you be saved, but God's going to bless you. And he looks around and is in a ghetto of thousands of people living in tents, barely getting a meal a day. He's got tuberculosis. Family members are sick. Nothing's going right. And he said, when did he told me about Jesus, I believed. Say, why are you telling me that? Because he was in an impossible situation. The nation had been ravaged. The government was destroyed. But he got Jesus in his heart, and he began to tell people who Jesus was. His family rejected him. Even, in, can you imagine, in a ghetto, in, in abject poverty, in your family, even your family. So now he hasn't got a tent to go to. But he began to tell people about Jesus. And God began to bless him. And he started building a little group. And all of a sudden, he had a group of people around him. And he said, I'm believing God for a bicycle. And they laughed at him. They didn't have bikes. And he'd say, I'm leaving God for a bicycle. And it's going to be one of those bicycles that's going to be red. And it's going to have the different gears on it. And, and it's going to be one of the most expensive swim bikes there are. And he'd walk around and, they, and they'd laugh at him and say, look at, look at, look at, look at little, little, little young Joe. He's talking about a bicycle. Look at, look at it. He's gone crazy. But one day, a missionary showed up and said, here, God spoke to me and told me to bring this to you and gave him his bicycle. So here's Dr. Cho walking through the ghetto, not riding the bike, with it above his head, saying, look what God has done. So they started a little church. Nation in poverty. Buddhist nation. Didn't believe in Jesus. Didn't believe in God because Buddhists don't believe in God. They believe in the enlightened one church began to grow. Man's forward from 1952 where it all started with the impossibility. And in 1990 I was invited to go to Seoul, Korea. They asked me to be serve on a church growth board that Dr. Cho had. Dr. Cho had the largest church in the world at the time. He had one million members. It's like nothing I've ever seen. 
his services would start on Friday night and they would run continually. And when you walked into his services, they'd stamp your hand because you were only allowed to come to one service because they had to serve a million people. And they set 42,000 at a time. And I've had the privilege to preach at 12 midnight in Yoedo Chapel with 42,000 people. And we're sitting here trying to figure out, man, I hope this gets over with. It's been a long day. You know why? Because we've lost our desire for Jesus. We've lost our desire to believe for the impossible. We've lost our desire to believe that God can take this nation and turn it around. We've allowed the, the media. We've allowed the politicians. We've allowed the circumstances. We've allowed all these things to so get into the church that we've forgotten who we are. But I'm here to serve notice on you today. We're a people of freedom. Because we're free, we can believe for the impossible to become possible. I walked into that that meeting and, and they and they put me on that board and he said, Now tomorrow we're going to they built the Olympic Stadium in Korea at that time. And he said, We're going to the stadium tomorrow. We're having a rally at the Olympic Stadium. It seated two hundred and fifty thousand people. He says, My whole church can't go. I've only had to select my leaders. Because we can't fit a million people in the in the in, in the arena. And we walked into that arena, that Olympic stadium, as we walked in and we looked and every seat was filled and they all had banners. And here was a man who had tuberculosis that was healed. Here was a man who lived in a ghetto in abject poverty. He didn't know where his next meal was coming from, but God took care of him. Here's a man who had his family rejecting, but God never left him or forsook him. Here's a man who had a desire for people to know who his Jesus was. And here we are, a little over, right at 40 years later, 38 years later, and the nation of Korea turned from a Buddhist nation to a Christian nation. Today, it's known as a Christian nation because of this man, Dr. Youngi Cho. He believed that the impossible was possible when you walk in the truth. He believed that when you walked in the truth, you could be free from every circumstance that this world tries to put upon you when you know what God has called you to do and you know your purpose. When you have a desire, an innate desire for the things of God more than you want anything else in life. When your character is so strong that you will not deviate, no matter what the world says to you, I'm not changing who I am, what I am, or what my God has said. The truth makes me free, not allowing you to get involved in my life or in my thinking. I choose to follow Jesus. Modern day history, folks. This is not something years ago in that sense. We're talking about last in the last century, in the 20th century, we're going to the 21st century. Dr. Cho, by the way, has spun thousands upon thousands of churches around the world. He now is home with the Lord. Before he went home to be with the Lord, Dr. Cho, from a very man who had never been educated because the way he lived and where he grew up, and he, he never had a proper education, but when he died, he could speak five different languages. Why? Because he understood that if you can't take my freedom, then you can't stop what God wants to do in my life.
whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I want to challenge you today. We live in the greatest nation in the world. We live in a nation that affords us the ability to believe in the God that we trust. As many as receive Jesus, he gives them power to become the sons of God. As many as who believe on his name. Whosoever. I said whosoever. That calls on the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. Why? Because Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. That whosoever believed in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.